Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome once again to Inside the Circle, your weekly look at high school softball in Connecticut. <laughs> what a week it's been. What a week it's going to be. What a weeks that are coming up. It's, it's a crazy end of the season. Lots of big games happening. We had Massac in a, in a barn burner with Newtown, one nothing. We had Cheshire playing East Haven and beating the Easties again. And then we have Cheshire playing Amity on Friday. And then last night, we had East Haven walking off on the Spartans. Lots of just lots of stuff happening. It's really hard to keep track of it all. But uh, you know, we're going to start quickly off the top with a, a big congratulations to uh, Maloney coach Scott Oresco, who won his 300th victory last night in a in a big win over Plainville and uh, the the Spartans. We haven't talked about yet. I don't know. We only had a few shows here. We haven't talked about it yet, but the Spartans, the Maloney Spartans, are looking pretty good there in Class Double L at thirteen and two. Scott, who's been there for twenty something, 20, 20, 21 years, depending on if you count the, the lost season, thirteen and two. They're they're rolling in, and they're a team to watch in the CCC tournament. But uh, like I said, lots to talk about. Uh, Will, I didn't even mention the NVL to start the season. By the way, I'm Sean Patrick Bowler, your host with me as Will Alden. Uh, there's so much going on. I'm a little kind of a mess here. So, but uh, joining us a little bit later is going to be Christine Druss, the head coach of Cheshire Softball. They're undefeated. They're ranked four. I don't know how that happens. We'll hopefully get into that as we go through the top ten. But welcome back. Thanks for joining us, Will. How you doing? Lots of lots of great softball going on out there. Yeah, I'm good, Sean. And as the season's winding down, it's uh, it's kind of heating up. It's getting there's a lot to keep track of for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, geez, uh, you went to a couple big games this week. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about? It? I mean, I, I think when we came in, I mean, last week it was all about uh, so, uh, Massac and, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame trying to knock off Massac. We'll get to Newtown's performance uh, in a little bit. But you, it was a big week in the SEC. The, 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 the three teams that are kind of at the top there, Cheshire, Amity, and East Haven facing off against each other. What a, what a great job by the schedule makers. Cheshire beat them both the first time. East Haven edged Amity the first time. And then as we get into this week, Cheshire beats East Haven again. Not a no-hitter for Bree Pearson, but the defense was great. And, uh, and now they play Amity tomorrow. We're doing this on Thursday, so they play Amity tomorrow uh, in a rematch that they they won handily last time. And then last night you had East Haven beating Amity again in a, in a barn burner. Carly Cardova with the walk off home run. Woo! Uh, what can you tell? You saw the Easties. We talked to uh, Ed Krasofi last week. We, we you saw the Easties on uh, Monday, I believe. And uh, you know. Bree Pearson again, not 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 a no hitter, but uh, a great performance by the team as a whole. 
Yeah, last time out, the Cheshire beat him 7 nothing, and Pearson had that no-hitter. She still did shut him out again, so that's 14 innings of shutout ball for her against East Haven. Um, the teams are pretty similar. It was a much, you know, it was a really good game. It just really showed uh, Cheshire's defensive ability, really showed uh, all three of Cheshire's runs were unearned. Um, so it showed Cheshire is just a little more experienced, not necessarily experienced, but they just have a little more um, stature to them. Uh, Tori Heafy did a really great job on the mound for East Haven. Again, did not allow an earned run, but um, you got to score to win. So that was uh, that was Cheshire's, you know, second time beating East Haven. But then East Haven, as you said, comes back the next day. Carly Cordova with the big three-run walk-off home run, seven to four. Um, they really needed that. They didn't, they could not have lost that game to Amity. Yeah, yeah. It was ten nine the first time around. They just kind of where they were smoking the ball over the field. That was the game I was at. And then last night, a little bit tighter this time, but uh, East Haven comes out on top. Uh, so that was a good bounce back for them. Now, Amity's going to have to try and figure out how to solve uh, Pearson and Cheshire, which is, you know, they're, they're playing, playing great. Uh, the Rams, as always, um, they are number four in the latest top 10 poll. I mean, we, we played that up the big week in the SEC, but um, and we'll talk to Christine a little bit more about the, about that. But uh you know, coming down the stretch here, it's, uh, you know, it seems like everything is, is ramping up a bit. We didn't even touch on the CCC, which has been, you know, just as good as the SEC and, and, and the, and, you know, and then last night we also saw, we also saw St. Joseph beat rival Trumbull to keep their unbeaten season going. Lots of stuff going on. I mean, I can just sense it, you know, you can just sense the plays being, well, we got past April, we sense the plays being elevated a little bit. You know, any other things out there that from this last week that like it really stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, just the the NVL specifically, along with the CCC, there's so much parity there at the top. They're not like the uh, the SEC where you have Cheshire or the SWC where you have Massac. These are really up for grabs in the next couple of weeks. And it just seems across the state, uh, whoever was scheduling these games knew it was going to happen because yeah. they're all, across the state all playing rivalry games. It's really fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't, I didn't even mention the NVL because that was, you know, that's been a, another great league again. Like uh, the, the, the play of so, the softball play has been outstanding, especially these last few weeks. Uh, you were at Seymour versus Oxford. Now, you know, Seymour, obviously a ranked team to start the year. And then they kind of, you know, they kind of got beat around a little bit uh, by, you know, Woodland and Oxford and uh, you know, and Wolkett. Those are the top three teams, but Seymour last night, uh, you know, showing Oxford that they're, they're not going anywhere, huh? Yeah, I mean, last time, you know, Seymour's had uh, a tougher first half. You know, they lost to Woodland, Wolcott, and Oxford, uh, who are the teams they're competing with at the top. They lost, uh, all of them have been close games, though. Lost to Oxford by one in, uh, in a big, you know, offensive game, nine to eight. Uh, earlier in the season but yesterday with the same starters on the mound Aaron LaFerry for Seymour really buckled down did not let up a run through the first six innings and by the time she did they already had an eight nothing lead uh Seymour looks like it's resurgent right now uh looking and it's on its revenge tour and this revenge tour is uh is going to be an interesting one because they are all at the top playing each other a bunch of times uh in the next few days we got Wolkett playing Oxford on Friday Oxford's got Woodland on Monday, uh, Seymour against Woodland on Tuesday, and then Oxford at Naugatuck on Tuesday. So for Oxford, it is particularly difficult, literally having to play all four of the top teams in the final week and a half. 
Wow, yeah, and we know they can do it, though, but that was a tough loss for them last night. Seymour, like you said, looking resurgent. Um, you know, I'm looking at Woodland's schedule now coming down the stretch. You know, Aunt Sonia, then Derby, and then they go Oxford-Seymour back-to-back, Monday the 17th and Tuesday the 18th. So that should be fascinating. And then Seymour, like you said, they have Watertown, and then they have Woodland, and then they have Holy Cross, which hasn't been as good as previous years. But uh, still, some uh, still a team to watch as we come down there. And there, yeah, sitting you have Naugatuck as well. Uh, and then Wilkett, you know, obviously Wilkett last last week they beat Seymour five one. They're on a huge win streak. They haven't lost since the second game of the season, eight to five to Woodland. And uh, you know they don't play Woodland again. They got uh, they've got Oxford though on Friday the fourteenth, and then they go St. Paul, Naugatuck, Thomaston to wind up that season. These teams are all going to be playing each other, but I have a feeling you're going to be seeing a crazy NVL tournament in a few weeks. Yeah. And a totally unpredictable one. Uh, I mean, there is Woodland at the top undefeated. And as I said, they've beaten Wilkett, Seymour and Oxford and Nagatok, but all of those games, all four of those games had a, a winning margin of three runs or less. Yeah. It's totally up for grabs. So anything can happen. Let's quickly just run down the top 10 here. Um, we'll, we'll start off with number one, Massick. You know, they're still the top vote getter for the top, the four top teams, all with one, with at least one first place vote. Uh, they're all undefeated. Massick, um, winning last night, though, uh, a barn burner. They defeat Northern Fairfield by one run last night. Newtown was pumping up their game against Massick at home, and uh, and it turned out to be a great game. I, there was a game that I was looking at going to, but ended up going to see a baseball game. But, man, that looked like a battle in the SWC. And, you know, maybe Massick's not going to run away with this all. I mean, we thought Notre Dame with Fairfield would be in it, but, uh, but Newtown's showing up last night. Yeah, and then, you know, teams in the SWC are starting to put the pressure on Massick for sure. You got to give credit to Newtown's starting pitcher, Sidney Adolson, uh, holding Massick to one run last night, allowing seven hits and five Ks over seven innings. Wow. But uh, for Massick, the difference really is Catherine Gallant. Uh, it, since we've last recorded – uh, she threw a one-hitter against Brookfield. She threw a one-hitter against Bunnell. She threw a five-inning perfect game against Bethel. And then she threw a two-hit shutout with against Newtown yesterday. All of those games with double-digit strikeouts. She has a 0.28 ERA uh, and 165 Ks in just over 75 innings. Uh, when you got a pitcher like that, it, you really, it is tough to beat. And although they have played put tough games uh, lately, uh, they've only allowed one to no runs in those two games. Yeah, you, you can't win if you can't score. And right now, Massick, nobody's scoring on Massick. And teams are going to, in the SWC and even in the Class L, Class L tournament, are going to have to figure out a way to scratch some runs out. I don't know what, what the answer is there. But Massick rolling wrong, eight, eight first-place votes. And then you have Waterford sitting there at number four. Uh, they're undefeated. What can you tell us a little bit about Waterford? Uh, they're the most interesting team, I think, in the top four. Um it's a little hard to tell how they stack up against St. Joseph, Cheshire, and Massick, in my opinion, just with strength of schedule. Um, they've played, you know, they keep winning 12-0, and 0, but in, in the last week, they've beat NFA, who's 4-7. Four, four they beat them 7-4 to four on Tuesday. And then they beat Bacon Academy 4-2 to two yesterday, which is 3-7. and seven. So these are close games against teams that aren't that great, um, you know, on paper. With uh, Griswold, Ledyard, and Wyndham behind them in the, uh, the ECC, all with one loss, uh, it, it could uh, it could change a little bit. Waterford's got Ledyard next one uh, next Wednesday, and then uh, they have Griswold uh, Griswold on Saturday. So it'll be uh, 
It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, Saturday the 22nd. Um, yeah. You know, we're, as we're recording here, it's May 13th. They're actually playing Fitch, which is usually always great. They beat them last time, 8-1. to one. So uh, we'll see how that rematch goes uh, uh, tonight, Thursday. Um, you know, and then we're looking at the, the – we go down to St. Joseph, a big win over Trumbull on Wednesday. Lauren Wazikowski, you know, dominant again. I know we keep talking about pitchers, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the name of the game here. And, uh, and St. Joseph is – Still undefeated in the uh, FCAC. Yeah, and Wazikowski has been fantastic on the mound. But yesterday, she came in with, uh, came in really big with the bat, hitting a walk-off double to score Maddie Fitzgerald in that 4-3 yeah. win against Trumbull, uh, which was surprised a lot of people, I think. Uh, Trumbull is towards the top of the FCAC, but uh, Mackenzie Brugman uh, really did a good job on the mound, and they held their own, and it, that'll uh, turn some heads in the FCAC for sure. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's another conference to look out for me. Yeah, yeah. Ludlow sitting there at number six is, is uh, itching probably get to get St. Joe again. Uh, number four, Cheshire, like we mentioned before, so we'll talk to Christine a little bit about her team. Uh, they've got one first play fill. It's hard to kind of split hairs about these teams, uh, but, uh, but Cheshire probably just as good as any of them right now. Then number five, East Haven coming back with the win versus Amity. We talked about then Ludlow at number six, Southington kind of lying in the weeds a little bit as this, CCC amps up as well. They're uh, they only have the one loss. Pretty easy week last week. Southern beat Glastonbury 6-0 last night. They are they've on, they're on a 10-game win streak. They got Farmington, Eo Smith, Windsor, and Connard coming up. Windsor and it's, Windsor is an interesting team at 15 and 2 in the CCC. You also have Berlin sitting there at 13 and 1. Uh, so you know we have we there's just so much to talk about. We haven't really touched on the CCC as much, but uh, there's certainly uh, worth taking a look at and number eight Notre Dame Fairfield they're rolling along since their loss to Massick um any, any news out of the out of Jeff Bavino's squad I know Jeff was texting me this morning asking wh- whether the, the Shoreline Conference has a as a postseason tournament I said yes so I know he's got his eye on some of those class S teams out in the Shoreline but mm-hmm. how's Notre Dame been doing right now Oh, uh, yeah, they've been uh, rolling since that massive loss, rolling out three pretty divisive wins. Uh, Trax Zolli, uh, that freshman pitcher over there, just earned her ninth shutout of the year uh, against Pomparog, and she threw a five-inning no-hitter against Stratford, uh, but she did let up a run in that one. Uh, she now has a 1.75 ERA with 145 Ks and 88 innings. And then offensively, Max Stone-Fulmer hit two home runs last week, uh, bringing her total to 12. And she's currently hitting over 700 as well. Yeah. Max Fulmer, who we wrote about uh, earlier this week. I mean, uh, check that out on GameTimeCT.com. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then we, we just to wrap it up, we talked about Woodland. You know, obviously the, their, their big games are coming up probably a little more next week than anything else. They get in that rematch with Seymour on, the, on Tuesday, the, uh, the 18th. Uh, that's going to be... Very fascinating. Seymour, like you said, kind of feeling it, get, getting that big win over Oxford. And now they see if they can come back and, uh, and uh, pay back Woodland, which what, what they, they struck out 19 times against Woodland. So <laughs> very fascinating matchup on Tuesday. Sarah Sosnovich has been uh, very good on the mound with a sub one ERA as well. And uh, she just threw a no hitter against Holy Cross, a uh, five inning no hitter with nine Ks. And then their number two pitcher, Riley Kane, uh, has lowered her ERA from three one one to one two eight in her last six appearances. She's also six and zero, so they have two weapons on the mound, and I think that's what separate has separated them a little bit uh, in the NBL. 
must be nice to be Woodland right now. We're going to have to get, get them on soon to talk about their games. Um, but we are running down the rest of the, And then the, finally, we, we, it's kind of tough to – Amity's number 10 right now, and uh, they've been kind of like uh, – I don't know. They've been, they've been competitive – but the Spartans uh, just can't seem to get over the hump against you know the East East Haven, and we'll see about Cheshire uh, on uh, Friday. Yeah, they had a five-game winning streak uh, entering that game against East Haven, uh, and then East Haven snapped it. So uh, East Haven and Cheshire are the only teams that have been able to beat Amity so far. But uh, you got to beat the best to beat the best. Before we get to Christine Dress of Cheshire, anything else we missed uh, from this week, Will? Berlin is actually at the top of the CCC with a 13-1 record uh, ahead of Southington. But uh, Berlin has a big game against Maloney, a rematch of a, a 12-6 game. Uh, so there's some uh, room for movement in the CCC. Hall is still sitting there at 11-2, uh, currently riding a nine-game winning streak and just got a, you know, Sophie Garner-McKinnon, another no-hitter. Her ERA is now 019 and she is striking out 2.43 batters in innings. She has let up 19 hits and 10 walks in 75 innings uh, for a 0.38 whip. So she has been the most dominant pitcher in the state this year. And then just, you know, we haven't talked much about the shoreline, but uh, we have North Brantford, which is 10-1 and one behind uh, HK, which is 12-1. and one. And, uh, you know, North Brantford handed HK its first loss of the season in a 12-7 game last Friday. Uh, North Brantford's now riding a nine-game winning streak uh, since its first loss of the season, also to HK. Uh, so it's worth to keep an eye on what's going on with the shoreline as those two teams will be fighting for that top spot. North Brantford's certainly getting a little bit of notice. They they win 7-1 over Old Saybrook, but then they also they also played Cromwell twice in the last week. They defeated Cromwell 9-8 in 10 innings, and then they and then they defeated Cromwell again 4-0. Uh, so they're uh, they're looking. I mean, again, the, that team is always always good in the shoreline, and, and probably don't get as nearly as much love as we should. But I, I know Jeff. Like I said, I know Jeff Pavino's already got an eye on the the class S standings there. So we'll have to take a better look at the the shoreline next week as we head down the stretch. Another team to keep an eye on is is Windsor. Someone was like, "Hey, don't forget Windsor. They're they're riding a twelve game win streak." And uh, some interesting games coming up down the stretch, especially on Monday versus Southington, six o'clock. Uh, so you know, <laughs> yeah, there's just it's it's hard to keep track of everything, but uh, we're we'll certainly do our best. But lots of great softball being played. And with all that said, uh, let's talk to one of the best uh, best programs in the state in in Cheshire with head coach Christine Dress. Joining us on the show is, of course, the what eight year head coach of the uh, Cheshire softball team, the undefeated number four ranked. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that one. But number four ranked Cheshire softball team is, of course, Christine Druss. Second time joining us. Thanks a lot, Christine, for giving us a little time here on this beautiful Thursday. We are almost at the end of the season, and your girls are playing great. Thanks so much, Sean and Will, uh, for having me once again. And, um, you know, just thank you guys for just – both showing softball some love and bringing some energy to our sport. Yeah, we, we got a little bit of a late start. We got to get Will broken in here. He's got to get the got to get his ropes here, but he's doing a great job for us. We, so we appreciate it. But, uh, you know, you, you had a, this is a big week for you guys, you know, and so far so good. You, 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 you beat a great East Haven team for the second time, you know, and Bree Pearson was great, but the defense, we saw the video from Will on Game Time CT, the, the, the defense was just outstanding this time, especially this time. 
because uh, she didn't throw a no hitter. They were hitting her this time. And, uh, you know, and they, they picked it up and then you got Amity tomorrow on Friday and, you know, and East Haven, we saw them in a, in a battle with them. The SEC looks as, as good as ever. I mean, I, I know everyone had the week off, the week, the year off, but uh, it looks like the girls just in softball in general and the SEC, especially, uh, it looks like the girls have really kind of got back into the sport and got back playing. Uh, you know, what, what are you seeing uh, as far as that is concerned? You know, I think the recipe just was that there's just a lot of energy around getting back on the field, getting back together. Um, I think that the girls had a new perspective with the sport and what was taken away from them. So they put a lot of time in the off season, um, you know, and I know a lot of girls around the SEC and, and the coaches and they're just super excited to see their girls work so hard in the off season when we couldn't all be together um, in this past winter. And I think just kind of with all of that and just the energy of being able to come back together, there's another reason why we're all playing this year, you know, and, um, and I, I think the girls really, really, truly remember that. Yeah. You see a lot, a little, a, a lot greater, like appreciation for what they're doing now, just given all the, the stuff they had to deal with. Yeah. It's just, you know, emotion. And I think, you know, you guys, um, you know, Will was at our game against East Haven. And I think that there's just a lot of emotion, right? And I think there's natural emotion in a competitive atmosphere, but I think there's even more and a different kind of emotion put on this season for the coaches and the players and the spectators to be able to come watch games. And again, I think that's just adding to the, the natural energy and just great environment that sports create. So tell us a little bit about your team. I mean, obviously, you know, Bree kind of picking up where she kind of left off the, uh, a few years ago. And, um, and uh, you know, some of the other players are, that have been helping her out and, and getting you guys off this hot start here. You know, I think it would be fair to first just say that it's truly been a team effort. We have 24 girls on the team. And um, this year we kind of decided to use a new model with um, keeping the entire team together. We haven't really broke up into JV and varsity. We are playing two games um, on certain days, but that's one of the things that has truly helped us um, is just the entire team being all together and learning about each other. Um, as far as players go, you know, Bree Pearson, um, you know, again, she is just consistent um, in the classroom and on the field and as a friend and as a teammate, um, she truly, um, she, you know, she truly seeks for excellence in everything that she does. Um, you know, she's humble, she's unselfish, she's composed, she's mature, you know, she just really has dug deep into figuring out how to be the best Brie Pearson on the field and off the field that she can be. Um, you know, she's, she's a great leader and inspiring to all those other players around her to watch. How about some of the other kids uh, that are, who are playing well, um, who really been, you know, stand out in your mind. I mean, I, you know, I know I was single anyone out, but you know, there's, there's some, there's, there've been some who have been great, uh, just to, to give us a little insight into, you know, who's really, really stepped up this year. Sure. You know, um, we have a trans, a transfer from Danbury, um, uh, Trinity Santiago, who transferred last year, and unfortunately we weren't able to play, but she kind of stepped right in, right into our culture and, and you know, really embraced and bought into everything that we do. And, um, you know, it would be really difficult to not notice her on our field if you showed up to our games. Um, she's passionate, she's energetic, 
Um, she's raw. She just is um, explodes with emotion for this game and um, her leadership and her bat and her defensive abilities um, have really elevated our game for sure. Um, you know, our, our other um, six seniors, Gracie Hemstock at third base has really stepped up this year. Um, she's batting fifth right now and she's come through and came through with a huge hit um, against East Haven the other day. Um, and again, you know, in a in a, a weird turn of events, people might have thought I was crazy, but I, I bunted Bree Pearson twice against East Haven to get to Gracie. And, um, you know, some people might have thought that was a little bit crazy, but it, it did work out. I could just tell that Gracie was seeing the ball really well that day and having really good at bats. And, and she did end up coming through for us. Um, just kind of moving around the diamond, we have um, Kaylee Swaggart at second base. Um, and again, just another senior who I've known since she was like 11 years old and um, just, you know, has really stepped up this year. And I know that's an over overused term maybe, um, but she really has, and she's excelled and shined in her position and in her role, um, you know, and it's just been great to see. Uh, Ella Watson, our center fielder, fast, mature, loves the game, a student of the game. Um, you know, she's in our nine hole and she's she's doing great and, um, you know, just really leads that outfield and really covers so much ground. It's truly remarkable. Um, and that's one of the plays that you kind of saw in your coverage the other day was the the line drive to the left center field there where she grabbed it. And we work that play so much and it was just so well executed and I think was really really got the energy going of our game the other day. Uh, D Floyd is in left field. Um, she has been one of the most consistent players I have ever coached. Um, there, she, when she's one of the, the, what I, the terms that I use is like, she's just a no doubt player in practice and in games. Um, there's never a single doubt that she's not giving you her very best effort at all times. Um, you know, and then we have uh, Bridie Borland, who um, is an amazing human. She's uh, one of our catchers, uh, infield utility players. Um, she also is in the band, which is very special. And she brings that energy to our, our games. If you hear a lot of the noise in the dugout, um, she's part of that. And we call it the band. And she really is one of the leaders of that. Um, so you hear a lot of the banging and the kind of the noise collaborations that we have going on. Um, that's partly her. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the conversations around Cheshire softball is the energy that we bring to the game. So we truly know that her role um, on our team is as important as the ones between the chalk lines. Um, in the same breath, um, Emma Glover is um, going to swim at the University of Maine. Um, and she's, she's also a utility player, first baseman, and again, just one of those role players just, just brings a huge smile and energy and, um, you know, everything that we need in a teammate to our, our program. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, on the, the musical side of things, it was very obvious how loud you guys were in the dugout banning. And it's kind of funny how you guys brought that out in East Haven a little bit. But when you guys get ahead, it seems like it kind of deflates the other team. Is that something you guys have been really good with over the years? It's just that mental toughness at the top. The expectation to be there? Yeah, you know, from day one, um, you know, we know what our expectations are every year. And, you know, one of the things that we 
emphasize is just control what we can control. And, um, you know, one of the things that we can control is our love and our passion for where we are and who we're with and what we're doing, then it should sound that way and it should feel that way. Um, you know, and, and I think that that <clears throat> is a piece to a puzzle of being successful is just having the love and the passion for where you are and who you're with and what you're doing. And, um, you know, and that's what you hear, you know, that's the excitement and the love for each other that they have and for the game that you hear. And, you know, I think that anytime you can grab that energy, it leads to momentum and it leads to confidence um, and just an overall atmosphere. Um, and I think that supports what we call the mental toughness. You know, I think that's a huge supporter of, of that mental toughness side. Um, so, yeah. Sounds like that's a running theme. I was at Hand Amity Baseball yesterday and uh, it was the same thing. You know, they, you know, this, just this, the love and the appreciation and, and just giving out there since everyone's just elevated their, their, uh, their emotions more. I think that's a running theme, but uh, you guys do it as, as good as anybody that they're allowed to talk about. But <laughs> I, you know, let's look a little bit ahead here. I, I didn't even see that you, you, you're in a little bit of a battle there with Lyman Hall, which is a pretty tough team. I, I saw, you know, they've given a lot of the teams the SEC a little bit of trouble this year, um, you know, and then you got Amity tomorrow. You know, how, how, what's the rest of in West Haven, Daniel Hand, Guilford Su and Southington, which is always a big one. Um, did you play, have you played them in the regular season recently or is that a new thing? I, I don't recall you really playing them much, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that is a new thing. You know, I think, um, well, well, no, I'm, I'm, that's actually a lie. We played them two years ago um, at okay. home. Um, it, yep. It was a walk-off um, in the seventh inning. Okay, yes. Um, yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, Definitely want to keep that relationship going. They're right next door. They're one of the best teams in the state. Um, I love Davina and what she does with the program. And, you know, again, the goal is to create that atmosphere that we've all just been talking about, right? And, and you do that with putting yourself, you know, on the diamond next to teams that love it as much as you do. And um, with them being right next door, it's, it's a no-brainer, you know, to, to – prepare us for the postseason, right? And hopefully we see each other again. Are the crowd's getting bigger, they're starting to get bigger, right? I mean, uh, what's, what's that been like? You know, um, my eyes don't float too much. I feel like I do look into the, um, into the crowd, but they, they're, it, it's kind of blurry out there a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I, I do hear them and there's definitely a, a, a ton of people out there and it's, it's great to see. And, um, you know, this is everything that we, we're hoping and dreaming and wishing for this time last year. So it's, it's been great. Yeah, it's been great. Let's, let's quickly take a look around me. The SEC is, you know, like you said, I mean, if you're not on your game, you could be, you could be, you know, ended in a hurry. I mean, you know that you guys know that, um, you know, Amby obviously tomorrow, uh, just some of the best teams in your league, you know, uh, I mean, teams maybe you haven't even played, you know, what are you looking at as far as like SEC postseason goes? You know, and that's um, a, a fun question. Um, so, you know, I don't really look too much at polls or standings or anything like that. Um, well, you look at results know. though, right, Christine? I do see results. Yes, I do see yeah. results. But, um, you know, I think, I think what's exciting is that you're going to see a lot of the repeaters in the postseason. But I think what's truly exciting is seeing a lot of 
people that meet uh, teams that have maybe not made the postseason or SEC tournament in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that year off has really kind of mixed things up a little bit with, you know, I see uh, Mercy Tricklin up there a little bit. And, you know, I love seeing Lyman Hall coming through and really giving that competitive spirit um, on the field with some tough games, um, you know, and just East Haven and Amity, it's always a bloodbath, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an awesome atmosphere, um, you know, and um, I talked to Melanie over at Law a lot, and she's really excited about her team and, um, you know, just playing tough, um, you know, and, and North Haven, you know, they're starting to put up a battle too. Um, so that's fun to see. And, you know, again, it's just, we have all great relationships and just seeing everybody really battle through the atmosphere this year of new players, not just freshmen, but sophomores this year, right? And having new players and figuring out your team. And I think that's one of the exciting things about this season is that there's so much unknown around the league that you truly focus on yourselves and um, your players and what you need to do to, to get better. I know you say you don't look at polls, but what's Cheshire got to do to get a little more love undefeated? I know Massive's there. You have a lot of undefeated teams there. Phoenix team's been doing good. They're not undefeated, but, uh, but uh, you know, it, it looks pretty robust. But I mean, looking at the class double L, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's way down the road, I know, but it's going to be here as soon, as soon as we know it. I mean, you see Ludlow's having a great season. They're in a battle with St. Joe. Obviously, you're going to be playing Davina's team, Southington. Uh, Maloney's playing great. Amity's right up there. Hall, I mean, their pitch is amazing. It looks like it's going to be a really, really tough tournament a, as well. I mean, you got SECs to get through, and that's going to be, like I said, a bloodbath. But class mm -hmm. L, I mean, we talk a lot about class L because that's where all, like, you know, a lot of the, the, the a lot of these great teams are, you massive and so on. But double L is no slouch by any stretch of imagination, huh? No, you know, and um, again, I, I don't really look at standings, but I see and I speak to Lou Bonasso at um, Fairfield Ludlow a lot. And he's put a lot of time into the postseason and to his team. And he's having a great year. Um, you know, Hall, that's super exciting for their team to, to have this pitcher come through. And, um, you know, just seeing new names and new teams, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be solid. It's going to be tough. And no matter who you see in the quarters and the semis and the finals, um, you know, again, just creating that atmosphere is, is awesome, you know, and no matter who it is, it's, it's, it's going to be great. And I love seeing Scott Oresco's team um, having a great season and, you know, so deserving as girls and his players and, and just everybody, you know, we're just so thankful to be where we are right now. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, I think that even the next week we'll kind of mix things up a little bit, you know, with us playing, Amity and Southington, I think that might change the, whatever the standings are right now, it might shift those a little bit. Yeah. So fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, softball has been great in the state for years. I mean, this has got a great history. I mean, you've worked with the breakheads before, but they've, you know, they've been a, 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 a big influence on the state and what they've done down there. And, um, you know, it, it just looks like, I don't know. It just looks like it's, it's, it's picked up where it's left off and maybe it's even elevated just seems like there's such a high level of softball being played. There's not a lot of, you were, I was a little worried about a little bit of the rust, you know, you know, but it doesn't seem like that's happened. Like we mentioned before, it doesn't really seem like it seems like all the girls, I mean, I guess they did get some time to play during last summer. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of uh, youth programs and things like that were able to do 
do so. I mean, I don't know, but it, it does seem like it's really, it's like we never left almost. I mean, I don't know. No, I think one of the things that has helped that too is that there's just been a lot of self-reflection with a lot of the girls and a lot of the players and coaches. And, you know, clearly I think some of the girls might've had like, wow, this game really is really important to me um, after I've been taken away and, you know, just kind of being on social media and seeing all these girls put in that extra work and um, educating themselves and working on their skills and, um, you know, just kind of really focusing on the fundamentals and the love and the passion for the game, um, I think is, is really what we're all seeing right now. Um, you know, and softball is huge. I mean, you see it on TV. I mean, any day of the week from Wednesday to Sunday, you know, you can look on TV and see that there's somewhere between 10 and on Saturdays and Sundays, like 30 games on TV. Um, so it's, it's getting big. There's lots of leagues that are popping up a pro league down in the, in the South athletes unlimited for softball. So I think that there's just a lot of excitement. And, um, I think the, like I said, the coaches and the players really put, um, the time into the off season. And I think that's the excitement and the skill and energy that we're seeing right now. Yeah, no, certainly you guys are, you guys are playing great, but again, there are a lot of great teams out there and you know, if you're not careful, someone's going to get bit. We've seen it so many times before, and but it's going to be great. I mean, I'm thankful that the CIAC and everything, everyone's been kind of working out, that, and we're going to be playing championship softball at the. God, it's almost. I mean, it's a month away. Uh, <laughs> if we hear, before you know it. I just, speaking of social media, I advise everyone to follow uh, Cheshire uh, on Twitter. I know you guys are great on there. If you want to know if they won, you just look for the photo. If they have a big selfie <laughs> photo means they won. Speaking of wins, congrats on 150. Amazing. I mean, you still got a ways to go to get catch Scott. I think you double that. I know. You know I know. Won his 300th. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it goes fast. And, uh, you know, like you said, uh, it's it's great to be back out there after, you know, some time off. But you guys are playing great and looking forward to seeing you in the playoffs. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow against Sammy. I don't know. We'll see what the SEC is in store. But uh, it wouldn't be a softball season without talking to you, uh, Christine, and, and talking about uh, softball. You guys have done a great job. So thanks for joining us, and I uh, appreciate it this morning, and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yes, Sean and Will, thank you both just so much, and to Game Time CT, and you know that just everything that you guys do to bring energy and excitement to the families and to the girls and to the coaches um, in the state. So thank you so much. We wish we could split ourselves up even more and go to and get more games, but it's fun to watch them though. It's definitely fun to watch it. You guys, you guys put on a great show at your place too. So Christine, thanks a lot. Tell Don I said hi and uh, good luck the rest of the season. All right. Thanks so much guys. All right. Thanks Bye. a lot. So well, that was Christine Druss. Thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. You know, I, I just love her enthusiasm. You know, uh, she's one of the she's one of the greats in, in softball. And uh, it's always great having her on. And we know Chester. We know we already had her on. And she was like, what are you putting me on again for? <laughs> and I just said, well, you guys are playing great. You know, it's hard to it's hard to ignore you. We, we got to get you on. So a uh, big week for them. Obviously, they're playing uh, Amity tomorrow. So we'll see if uh, the Spartans got something for them. But uh I know we've only done, this is our second podcast for softball and already we're at the end, we're right getting close to the end of the season. Um, but there's going to be a lot more to come on, uh, on game time CTs inside the circle. We got, uh, we got conference tournaments coming up in, in a couple weeks and then it's really going to amp up with the state tournaments, our first in two years. And I, I'm really excited for that. Like we, we talked about last, last week, you have L 
great, but double L's not so bad either. And then M and S and M is the, the NVL invitational, it seems like. And then you have uh, the S, the, the Notre Dame invitational, maybe, I mean, the pets, I mean, listen, there, there's some great te- other class S teams out there that are usually very, very good that, you know, think about teams like Thomaston and Cogginchog and, you know, we, we Cromwell, yes, they lost to North Brantford. But, you know, North Branford's one of those teams in, in M. I didn't, even, I didn't even look at that. You have HK in M as well and, and Griswold in M. So maybe not so much the, you know, oh, oh, don't forget Granby, which is undefeated 14-0. and 0. We will have to, you know, keep an eye on them as well. But it's not not so much the NVL Invitational, but certainly uh, <laughs> certainly looks like uh, they're going to be there. You're going to have to beat a few NVL teams if you want them in the Class M tournament. But. So what do we got? What do you got looking out for this week? Any games you are hoping to see? Well, uh, you know, all of these uh, conference regular season schedules are going to be, uh, you know, closing up and we're going to get to see who comes out on top. I'm excited for the poll to change a little bit. I'm excited for teams to show us what they really have. And I'm excited to see teams. Uh, it really seems like we're kind of a lot of the teams are in a playoff atmosphere a week early and that, uh, that can give some insight on how teams will perform once the pressure is, you know, further put on them in the playoffs. All right. Well, I guess we'll call that a podcast. Like we mentioned, a lot, lots to do, lots going on, and we're going to try and get it all through. We're so busy this this uh, the next few weeks. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for Christine Just for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll see you out there. Hopefully uh, <laughs> we'll have uh, tons more to talk about with some of the big games that are coming up this week. Uh, for Will Aldham, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.